Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nick Thoughts. Um, it has been a while since I've shared anything with you all. I mean, the last few weeks have been extremely hectic. Um, we have seen the impacts of COVID on our livelihood, but um, not to worry. We are getting over it in strides, and I am extremely proud of you know the actions that everybody's taking i mean some have yet to learn some have taken precautionary steps and kudos to you um today i'll be looking at um a book entitled the battle of the mind how can you think the thoughts of god and this is authored by a very well-known televangelist uh bishop noel jones um remember in in the first podcast i had uh, I had discussed that we'll be exploring issues across the spectrum, so from politics to um, social issues, um, church, religion, etc. So I do believe that this episode will be extremely edifying as it um, explores the composition of the mind and how to think the thoughts of God. I mean, um, it is important that we recognize the need to understand how the mind operates not only from a psychological perspective but from a spiritual perspective as well right so let's go so um just to give you a little backdrop of what the book is about it says that this expanded edition of the battle for the mind helps you to delve even more deeply into the raging war in your mind between powerful opposing forces you can stop aiding and abetting the enemy through your self-condemnation by reading the word of wisdom within these pages and renewing your mind through the Holy Spirit through thoughtfully working through the included study guide. So there's actually a study guide with this book, right? So um, in chapter one, in chapter one, it really, um, it really explains the composition of the mind and and uh, um, explains in detail the force of the flesh and the force of the spirit which are the two opposing forces within the realm of the mind so basically guys we all know that in our minds there are two opposing forces and more so for believers but um, in the context of 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 non-believers we find that embedded within the heart of a man is the need to recognize a divine authority or divinity so it is we are wired that way some people recognize the universe some people recognize the sun moon stars etc but it, it doesn't negate the fact that as as human beings created by God we have an inherent need to recognize a force or an object of divinity now it says that in chapter one that there are two opposing forces within the realm of the mind. You have the force of the flesh, which is the law of death, the law of sin rather, and death, and the force of the spirit, which is the law of the spirit and life. And these two opposing forces are always warring against each other. Now, um, Romans 7, 23 to 25 um, reminds us of the war in our members, right? And um, Paul reminds us that the only person who can deliver this body from death is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, in chapter 1 also, it alluded to the internal conflict 
um, these opposing forces um, entertain. So we know that you have good and bad, pretty and ugly, hungry and um, full. Um, I guess <laughs> I guess that's not a proper definition, but you get the picture. So everything that your mind wants to do or everything that the Spirit of the Lord wants to accomplish in your mind, the enemy has, has an opposing force against it. So let's just establish that. So if you want to do good, and uh, and the, the, the enemy wants you to do bad what will happen is a war for your desire you get me and that is why we are urged to feed our desires of the spirit so it can be the port the more potent force right so it is critical for us to recognize the flesh and the spirit are always in constant conflict because the mind of sinful flesh sets its desires against the spirit so you have grace against the law god against satan revelation against situation and i mean let us look at the revelation against situation i mean there are certain circumstances that we might experience um oftentimes it will allow us to respond in a particular way but then can we in our situations pause for a moment and just ask the Lord what revelatory experience or what revelatory knowledge would you want me to extract from this situation I mean we are very responsive in the situations and not and not more so um, prudent and, and tactful in identifying what the Lord wants us to know in in this in this battle out of mind right so we know that you are say we are essentially mind so anything that controls the mind controls you right we all know that um we definitely need to take control of our minds and then know what happens is that um at the same time your faith in the word of god so your faith in word is fighting against the sensual perception of your situation so we all know that when you're in a situation your flesh responds in a particular way right and what is happening is that even though you have faith in the word of god you know the situation before you is 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 more so factual that it allows your body to respond you get me but um what we need to fight against is the perception or the, the sensation that we feel when we experience a situation if you get me i say so you feel a particular way about a problem yeah but the faith in the word of god is faith in the word of god is is, is supposed to be the ultimate strength you get me yeah um in and further on in the passage he mentioned that um the greek word for condemnation is katakrima which speaks to you speaking against your experiences so condemnation makes a believer feel negative about self in the midst of god in the midst of what god is doing for them in the struggle so self-condemnatory thinking actually causes you to aid and abet the negative satanic forces 
that are working through your sensible perceptions in order for you to defeat your faith. So guilt and faith are opposing forces. So we know that in our quest to understanding what the Lord is, what the Lord is saying in our situations or extracting the revelations, um, what happened is that the sensual perception that we feel that our flesh manifests because of a situation seems to overpower the faith that we have. I remember because we are so um, fleshy in nature, our initial human response is to is to is to is to respond in a fleshy light. If you get me, I say, you see me? Like you're angry with somebody. And I go say, Oh Lord, you are holy and you are worthy. No, you go say, You want to cause some bad ones sometime, you want to just throw, throw in the toilet and thing. But that is what we are contending with the sensation that we feel in a particular sense, in a particular situation. So, first, we need to extract the revelatory experiences from the situations that we experience and then do not allow the sensual perceptions to overpower our faith in the Word of God. Right? Also, why? Why I feel like I lose weight? Um, because the podcast I got long, and I know that you guys said that you'd never want it to be long, but I mean, these listening on your own time, right? Yeah. So, we also have where Paul admonishes us to realize that the opposing forces have nothing to do with where we are in Christ. And if we are believers, we are now in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is guiding us through our conflict as he gradually releases us from the control of the flesh so guys listen we are we are first flesh right and when we accept Christ we take on the spirit of adoption where we cry Abba Father etc and we are now joined here with Christ but what happens is that because we are flesh in nature and in sin did our mother conceive us according to scripture um, we see where it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to release us from our dirty ways we cannot do it on our own to be honest if you have sex on the place and I watch pornography masturbation whatever um, drugs etc you cannot release yourself from the situation to be honest it takes the power of God through his Holy Spirit to release you from the urge to do what you do you get me I say? so it don't really matter about how you feel bad and thing you ever realize sometimes when you sit down after you commit a sin and you feel so bad you say to yourself oh she's so nasty and mucky God help me. Um, yada yada yada. I mean, definitely, we feel that way. But we are to be reminded that we stand in the righteousness of Christ, and that our our self-condemnatory thinking should not be should not be um, the basis of us receiving reproof. I mean, the corrections of God are redemptive, but at the same time, we should definitely leave way for the Spirit of the Lord to work and to give way to the revelatory experiences to build our character instead of condemning ourselves all the time. And Bishop Jones, in his um, 
in his in, in chapter one says that Romans 8 1 disclosed that all believers have the promise that although they may stumble and fall into sin's power in flesh they will experience ultimate victory over sin as they mature in Christ no maturity a lot of people conceptualize maturity as hey you're sitting in a church listen to the word you wear the best clothes you do this you do that but really and truly true maturity comes or is defined as a continued process of walking according to the spirit while overcoming the flesh you get me i say so this maturity thing where people hurry and come up no i don't a real maturity that and a real maturity that if you realize you know sometimes in a church when them don't preach a word and thing and everybody run up and down speaking in tongues you find say them go back to the same way the same thing where they might do I wonder. I seen people they may talk to a while ago. The same people they may run up and gonna speak in tongues and go on with a bag of theatrics. Then we change. So maturity or the quest to maturity is a continued process. It's like doctrine of sanctification. The doctrine of sanctification argues that we we are not we are not sanctified by a one-time experience but it's a series of experiences and our drawing closer to God um, consecrates us and bring us closer into the love of God so we are released from the urge to sin and uh, accept Christ's love and power knowing that we can live a day without sinning right so um, we must therefore understand that new believers do not come into the house of God and jump from natural to spiritual without experiencing carnal battles. And let me tell you, one time, the old people them in a church, if I'm allowed to be real, sometimes the old people them in a church don't understand. No, I think they understand, you know, but they fail to recognize that they were once old too, and they too have experienced issues, have experienced, um, carnal issues that they fail to come to us and explain to us how you navigate through this experience they just want it to be oh be holy and set apart and be called by god and whatever you're not of the world and i'm like wow these people though how can you tell how can you be so holy righteous to the point where um anything you say out of your mouth i condemn another youth you get me so they as, as as they mature in Christ they should be able to hand down or pass down um, a level of understanding to us that explains or explores the, the doctrine of sanctification and maturity in Christ which is not a one-time act right um, he also mentioned that when we walk after the flesh we must walk after the flesh, but we'll walk after the spirit. You get me? Which we know, we, we know, we know this thing already. And that, um, or the battle of our mind, or the battle in our mind, right, has nothing to do with our level of maturity in Christ as a believer. As a believer. So, what you experience in your head, the amount of thoughts, I say, God, I think these dirty thoughts and. Oh, I feel so bad. I can't lift my hands and worship. But uh, it is definitely not indicative of your stage or level of maturity in Christ. Why? Because we are carnal and the battle of our minds is a continued thing. 
and we'll only get over this and when Christ comes. You get what I'm saying? So when you experience those thoughts in your mind, don't be disheartened or perturbed. I mean, these things do come because we are flesh. But what happens or what is the consolation that we have is that when we continue to pursue the things of God, we will be released from the, 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 the desires of the flesh. What I also find interesting as he explored the composition of the mind is that he mentioned that the flesh, the flesh coming like one, one, one jail cell for the mind. Because remember, as I mentioned earlier, that the in, embedded within the heart and the soul of a man, the mind, intellect, soul, appetite of a man, right, is the need to ex, the need to pay homage to a divinity or divine order right so when we pay homage to this divine order now it is it's like how must put it it's like you pay worship to something you get me i say that is that is embedded within the heart of a man or the soul of a man to give honor or worship to a supreme being whatever they deem it to be in this context we are talking about God yeah but then he said that the flesh the panoply of flesh coming like one prison so he said because the flesh would be born in her and the, the, the flesh was condemned because initially you know the flesh was never meant to be condemned at all because you know a God make a God make um, Adam and Eve would have already been made to so you find say discovering of flesh was not alive until God blew breath into Adam. And because God's breath is inside the panoply of flesh, it seems as if the flesh, the flesh which was condemned, is in constant opposition with what God breathed into us. So say God breathed into you. The breath of life, man became a living soul. The thing is, you know, God's breath, our soul, our mind that was being breathed or breathed. What the word? I don't know, guys. When the word breathe or when God breathed in soul in a man, man has a part of his DNA. So what we find is that in us, we have a part of Christ or we have a part of God. But then the responses that the flesh come with now is in constant opposition with what God put in us. So God have a part of it in a God, we have a part of God in us. But then now the flesh, this 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 devil, because it is the devil, the flesh is in constant opposition with what God wants of us. You get me I say? Um, you remember I was telling you that the awareness of divinity. This is a quote from John Calvin. He said that there is within the human mind and indeed by natural instinct, which means say, this is how we were wired, you know, a natural instinct and awareness of divinity. God himself has planted in all men an understanding or a certain understanding of his divine majesty. Not only not only has God shown in man's mind that seed of religion, but has revealed himself and he daily discloses himself in the whole workmanship of the universe. You get me? So basically, as I was mentioning earlier, we have to pay homage to something. So if you're not paying homage to God, you have to pay homage to something. 
that pay homage to science, that pay homage to this, that, etc. Right? And um, when he concludes, he mentions something very, very, very important that I believe is worth sharing. He said, essentially, while Christians and other religious faiths have traditionally deemed the soul to be an immortal entity that lives with lives after physical death, Aristotle, may I tell you the man I'm going to, um, what do you call it, philosophy, you know. Aristotle argues that the soul as united with the living body, the soul is united with the living body and therefore unable to exist without a host. So, you know, when God want to carry out his plan, him go to one horse, you get me answer? Him, him, him come through a body which is the legality of this cosmos that we live in. So if God wants to accomplish his will within the earth, he goes through the body. And we find that in and we find that because of the law governing the earth, there is no spiritual entity that can act that can operate independently of itself. It definitely needs a host, and that is why the images are the messages being being trans transcribed on our hearts through through the movies, the the the, the songs, everything earthly. We find that the enemy has infiltrated the minds of influencers that can that can put forward his agenda so when his agenda now the enemy's agenda is transmitted through these technological advancements and through our influencers it's reaching a we and we start doing it unconsciously and we definitely need to be mindful of that um yes it does matter what you listen to it does matter what you watch um it does matter who you keep as friends it really does matter i mean you know just just be very mindful of the fact that god is able to keep us and the last thing i want to say because this podcast is a little long but I, I believe it's very very edifying the mind is also the term most commonly used as the higher functioning part of human brains particularly those subject to consciousness he says that the mind is is responsive to the environment and controlled by the limitation of sinful flesh in other words whatever your environment whatever your environment um, agrees with your mind will definitely be a part of it you know them say show me a company tell me who you are yeah them like a thing there you see me so we have to be very careful with what we entertain in our minds and even though we are in the environment we definitely need to know how to think the thoughts of god irrespective of the environment that our minds occupy and the last thing i want to share with you he said thus the intent of the spirit in its war against the flesh is to free your mind from being suffocated by the soul free your mind by being suffocated suffocated rather by the flesh so the flesh is a suffocating agent that stifles the move of god and the will of god that wants to wants to be accomplished through your body so you get me so be very mindful that hey your body is the temple of the living god and that because we are fleshy in nature we definitely need to crucify the desires of the flesh crucify the desires of the devil don't ask God to crucify it. Listen, I hear it here when people pray about, and Lord, crucify our flesh. 
people god give us the grace already to crucify with flesh so we definitely need to be um um understanding of that of that concept use it to the best of our ability while engaging the spirit of the lord no okay, we can we can do that our own so until next time I, I do hope that i i condense the second second series of of, of this battle of the mind and i pray that you listen and i pray that it will bring to bring to life those things are those questions that you had in your mind you get me so peace out until next time it's nick thoughts what would hi guys good night everyone welcome to nick thoughts and we are in part two of the three-part series entitled battle of the mind i promise i have listened to all your suggestions and tonight we'll be keeping it very short succinct straight to the point um if you haven't listened to the first part of this episode i recommend that you do because what we'll be discussing tonight is really um a spin-off or a continuation of the first part so the first part really sets the foundation so um we're in chapter two of the well-known well well-known televangelist bishop noel jones battle of the mind how can you think the thoughts of god so we'll be continuing so um in this chapter we'll be exploring connecting to god and through the world around you we'll be looking at tormenting thought from the tempter revelation from the redeemer we'll, we'll also be looking at connected to the world through senses the physical senses and connecting to god through faith so did i say so <laughs> so let's go isn't me all right so basically um the first the first the first part of chapter two really sp- um speaks about why is it that the battle had to take place in the mind i mean why could it take place under the hand the foot the eyes whatever but um the reason for the battle taking part or taking place in the mind is by virtue of by by virtue of the dimensions of the mind it is where the higher level of thinking and decision making takes place it is where we reason we understand we remember and this is where things are stored it's like a cpu or a backup system isn't it so um the enemy targets the mind because he knows that it is the power for um the body per se or the processing unit that influences decisions now we'll be looking at um the tormenting thoughts right and really and truly it's when we go through problems or difficult situations um what happens is that the experiences are now imprinted on our mind so you know when you do your work on a computer and you kind of save your work and thing you find that um the next day you can go back to it um it is so with the mind whenever we go through our um experiences it is imprinted or embedded in our minds no we have to be very careful we have to be very cognizant of the thoughts that we entertain primarily because um these thoughts stay if you allow them to right so if you had experienced a bad 
um, a bad situation or negative remarks or negative situations over the years what will happen is that it will attach itself and become embedded in your mind and it will be used as a point of reference for you going towards the future nothing is more um, threatening than a past nothing is more threatening rather to the future than a past negative hurt or experience listen um, I've had instances where sometime you know want certain things because of what I had experienced in the past I mean it has been so hectic till till sometime I say oh, you know what let me just put this off because I really know what I think about it but we also have to be very careful that those negative experiences we turn them into positivity and fuel for our journey so negative thoughts past negative thoughts can also impact um, us going going towards higher um, pursuits or achievements I would definitely need to be stewards of our minds and thoughts um, what you find is that when negative thoughts are not dealt with um, you find that you bring it over into future relationships if you are not healed from a negative situation you bring them into future relationships uh, what you find is that subsequently to you entering another relationship before you are healed from a depression um, of the previous relationship when this happens you may find yourself picking up tormenting thoughts of worry anxiety nervousness so in addition to your unresolved negative thoughts you will pick up um, more thoughts that will become like a mountain or you know this big old giant was set up before you so we definitely need to be very cognizant of the thoughts that we entertain negative experiences from the mind it can lead to mental and emotional disorders guys sometimes um, it's not more so the foods that we eat or the, the physicality of our lifestyles in terms of um, eating right, going to the gym, doing exercise, jogging, etc. It's more um, it, another dimension to, to really um, look at is how mentally stable are we or mentally healthy. Um, when we have mental disorders, it's translated into our emotions, and we know how the body works. It secretes the, the various um, enzymes or whatever that will cause harm to the body, so we definitely need to be careful. Um, you can't use your past experience and mistakes for you to feel guilty. Let me say that again. Past experiences and mistakes must be a stepping stone for your future you see if you allow them to take hold of you it will definitely cripple your future and you will not pursue you get me so we definitely have to be mindful of that um we're going to the other section that speaks the revelation of the redeemer so in addition to the unpleasant and Pleasant circumstances leaving imprint on the mind, Satan will also insert thoughts of sexual impurity, lost sexual fantasies in your mind. I you know what if a time you experience that I won't want to say, God, you can't take this from me, you can't take this from me. Why is it that me have go through this all the time? Why is it that you know we can't just be a good person and just get over home a feel? But really and truly, you remember the scripture that says, um, God give a grace. God definitely give a grace to deal with it because um, he he wants us to overcome to manage and to maintain control over your sensual feelings and desires mind you, you know these feelings are very natural 
and we cannot um, throw them out the door. It is managing these emotions. And um, if you think the thought, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. Acting, acting upon the thought out of the jurisdiction of, 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 of what we believe, then it becomes a problem. But thinking about it is not necessarily um, a bad thing. It's just that sometimes, sometimes the thoughts just come in here, they, you don't know where they come from. But we definitely need to be stewards of our own thoughts, right? So, when we experience these uh, thoughts in our minds, um, basically the Lord wants us to take control. You get me? He wants He wants us to learn control over our flesh and sinful desires and bring them into subjection to the will of God, which is which is um you know it is work it is achievable sorry i don't know why i'm stuttering so much because more run this through quickly so then i have to say me i take so long but anyways um so the thing is when it seems that god is not helping you through and i'm gonna slow down here when it seems that god is not helping you through the situation he is actually sending the rima word from his spirit to each of us to each of the believer so at this point the spirit of christ is seeking control of your mind and in other words god doesn't always change your situation let me say that god does not change your situation he changes your mind because if you would have changed your situation your mind will remain unchanged and the thing is if he changes your mind then you can change the situation a whole heap of time the situation is not what they would have called it independent variable the situation is really the dependent variable and what affects the situation is the mindset so the situation will always be there but how do we tackle the situation we definitely need to go down in the mind you get me um what we'll find is that if we if we if we are able to change our change our mind and how we see things and perception is another thing too so what kind of revelation can i extract from this situation is it that the situation is going to come and help me you get me them little thing that we need to ask ourselves <clears throat> when opposing forces battle within the mind it has it has to be understood that satanic forces are also trying to take control of your mind so guess what there are two agendas for your life as a purpose before you had before you had a body you are a purpose it's just that you're for the in terms of the legality of this cosmos what must happen is that your purpose must find a body it is the law governing the earth so when you're going to operate within this realm as a purpose you need a body that is the jurisdiction that is the law governing the earth that God has instituted no um, <clears throat> When, when when you're going through your problems or your situation, you see me? Um, God gives you the revelation while fighting the battle. So most of us will probably sit down now do nothing and think that because we're not doing anything, um, the Lord are going to come through for us because we have faith and trust in him. Oh, sorry if you're hearing that vibration. But guess what? We definitely need to engage our faith in God knowing that, guess what? If him said this, make a believe it. You get me? And it, it takes a whole lot of us to believe in an unseen eye, in an unseen God rather, that you can't really see, touch or feel, isn't me? Um how when when you go through the revelation when you go through 
the situation you extract the revelation from the situation you give me um our position or god's position in a relationship is re- related to your faith let me say that again your understanding of god's position in relationship to your faith is critical to how you think so basically if you go go to god with a if you have a mindset we say you know been a too believing in this god god thing and when i feel like it can it can work because we asking for this and the image of that or whatever um we definitely have to delve deeper into engaging God with our faith and praying His will so that when we, so how we think, because we think the thoughts of God, we will look at situations differently and say, Oh, I see this situation, you know, it's going to look good, but I trust God to deliver me from this situation. You get me? Um, and when you feed on His word, God gives you critical revelation on how to change and control your mind. Furthermore, when God wants to renew your vision, he gives you revelation and communicates it to your mind. So listen, God communicates ideas to your mind. The mind is a powerful thing and there are two, there are two um, agendas for you. You have the agenda of the devil and you have the agenda of your creator, which is Christ. What happens most of the time is that we lean more to the agenda of the fleshy side, which is the enemy. And so he cheats us out of our inheritance, but we need to be very careful. So when God talks to us, he expresses his thoughts by communicating his spirit to our spirit, I know, to our mind and then through the word. So we definitely need to be mindful of that. Um, finally, we're looking at connecting to God through faith. I really don't want to rush through this because I believe that is this is very critical for us as believers because we think that we exercise faith but really and truly we're living vicariously through a testimony or through somebody else's experience so we definitely need to know God for ourselves um, and in this time um, God God can only do what you want him to do right god can only do what he wanted to do and i'm gonna and it i know it sounds away i know it sounds away but you see when we limit god to the confines of our own senses the thing is you know we are limited in senses we are limited in expression of things spiritual you know we have the five senses and thing that cannot and will not um provide you with a a a a a definition of who God is because he is so far beyond what we could ever ask think or imagine you cannot come to God through your senses to your limitations to your intelligence why because it will definitely fail because he is above all of that um, you can only come to him through faith and not your senses it also says that um, within the human mind there's an inherent need or natural instinct of an awareness of divinity. And we know this, um, we explore this with the first chapter. So in essence, it is hearing the it is hearing that produces faith. So basically I'm just going through a point format. It is hearing that produces faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you realize sometimes when you um 
exploring a topic or whatever preparing for an exam sometimes talking out the content will allow you to um which re, 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 what do I call it, you know I trying to find the word save it in your mind is it me like it is it is it, talking out something make it, it it do something I don't really know what it do I can't find the scientific word or the, the English word or the explanation to justify this but when you when you as an individual speak something over your life or speak out loud um it it leaves an imprint on your mind it's like you coming out of yourself and saying hey this word stuck with me and you can relate it somewhere isn't it but at the end of the day connecting to god has to be done through faith and not our um senses you get me because we'll definitely definitely feel um i think i did poorly with the time tonight because um I never really want to rush this but this is very very important um, I mean for those who would appreciate um, this extended version um, I'm gonna have an extended version because I believe that I was rushing it I'm rushing through too much um, and I definitely want people to, to to feel empowered instead of rushing it through so I'm no longer gonna cheat this so um, tomorrow well well the next podcast We'll be exploring chapter three, which explores thinking affects your talking and walking. We'll be looking at expressing yourself. We'll be looking at words or thoughts of the heart. Um, we'll also be looking at walking according to the spirit and live. You get me? Um, and then because chapter three is so short, we'll be looking at chapter four as well, which speaks to freeing yourself from the box yes a lot of us lock up in a sunbox we'll be looking at i am free the flesh is no longer holding me um there are so many things to cover but um it is my aim that as we listen we are edified and it it um forces us to pursue god more isn't it so until next time this is nick thoughts what would